Martin, Vicky, Alex, and Julie, thank you very much for joining us today. And to start, Martin, what is Cambridge CleanTech and when and how did it all start? Uh, well, thank you, uh, Antoinette. And may I first of all add my warm welcome to this CAMFM Cambridge Zero Climate Talk. I'm delighted to be here today. Um, so how did we start? We started about 10 years ago in Cambridge. I used to run the broader economic partnership in the uh, Cambridge subregion. And we decided to morph into Cambridge Cleantech with the demise of the RDAs or the Regional De uh, Development Agencies as they were known at the time. Uh, and I'm delighted to say that uh, the University of Cambridge has been a founder member since day one. So we've been working with uh, the various departments and teams at the university for the last uh, decade. And so for our listeners, we have a few of the members of Cambridge Cleantech with us today. So to Start, we hear more and more about investing in green jobs and green technology. How have each one of you responded to the pandemic? Alex, I'll start with you first. Um, certainly. So, um, so during the pandemic, we've really um, used the time to be able to focus a lot more on, uh, on innovation. Um, I suspect many people have found that, uh, unfortunately, the day-to-day -day hassles have, have gone away for a little while. Um, but that has given the benefit with innovation that uh, that we really can focus on our innovation program. Um, and there, there's two key areas. So certainly hygiene um, has really jumped uh, to the to the top of the list. I think for for many people in in the current environment. Um, and um, our toilet, uh, we're glad to say um, the the way that we use we we flush with air and water. Uh, thereby reducing the, the water flush down to, to one and a half litres per use. Um, but when you actually look at the statistics, certainly a recent um, journal uh, uh, um, article in the uh, Journal of Physics stated that uh, toilets can uh, throw a, a plume of, of uh, aerosol spray up to 91 centimetres in the air. Um, and uh, there's a suspicion that they can carry the likes of germs for, for COVID-19. So we really are focusing on the development of the toilet lid now we have to close our lid anyway um, as part of the design to ensure the air does go down the toilet um, but currently we still have to touch the toilet lid and whilst there are lots of studies that explain how keyboards are still far dirtier than the toilet lid customers don't really like touching the lids so we are really progressing aspects of, a, of an auto open closed lid with the view of bringing that to market as soon as possible to be able to reduce the, uh, the impact the need for people to actually touch toilets um, unnecessarily. Um, so that's that's one one area of focus. Um, and another area of focus is for us um, uh, the use of uh, IoT connectivity. Again, if we look at uh, uh, washroom management um, and the development of technology in the, in the IoT arena, um, the ability to be able to uh, monitor what's going on in a washroom environment and ensure that, uh, that the toilets are, are up and running as soon as possible. And should there be a fault, that people are alerted and can come and fix it can help keep a toilet that much more running more effectively efficiently the downtime is less so they're the key areas that we're focusing on at the moment and julie what about yourselves how have you responded to the pandemic yes yeah, so uh, thank you for the question um we the chicky panda produced ultra sustainable tissue paper and wipe biodegradable wipes from bamboo um, everything we produce is made from bamboo because bamboo grows 30 times faster than trees. Um, our products, our wives are biodegradable, uh, unlike 90% of the 
wives in the market which contains plastic. Um, we are an eco-friendly company. Um, during the pandemic, the demand for our products become really high um, due to panic buy. So we, we had a very, in, a very big increase in sales online as well, as well as Amazon. And we have to, we, we, we then had the opportunity to launch with a USA company and, and also a, Chinese, a China company as well. So we actually, during this pandemic, we launched into uh, two other big markets, uh, USA, and Ch USA and China, uh, as well as some other European countries like Czech Republic. The demand for tissue paper during this time is, is very high. And the change we have to adapt is that with a small team, we can't really cope with so much work and so many client requests coming from different countries. So we had to employ more people. Wonderful. And Vicky, what about yourself? The same question. Can you tell us about your product and how have you responded to the pandemic? Um, so we are uh, design and build um, complex environments. So basically clean rooms and laboratories. And, and we've been doing that um, sort of more in a traditional approach for a number of years. But uh, sort of 2018 provided a catalyst for us um, through a number of advanced technologies to enable for us to to provide a slightly different offering and that's an, an off-site construction. So with that brings a number of uh, sort of environmental benefits as, long, uh, as well as sort of delivering a project much quicker. Um, you know, it's no surprise that obviously the construction industries accounts for quite a large uh, effect on the environment. So what we're doing now is we're, we're able to, to, to build facilities quicker, but we're also, um, you know, in terms of material usage, waste, we're reducing all of that. Carbon footprint's reduced because we've got less operators on site. Um, we're, we're, we're aiming for about 75 to 80% of buildings are built in our factory. Then they're transported to site. Um, so, you know, the effects on the environment, as, long, as well as the client getting a quicker time to use facility, you know, it's, it's, it's a win-win for everybody, including the planet, really. So, you know, we're... we're advancing ahead so all good and martin in relation to the pandemic and green technology and green jobs how do you see this as an opportunity perhaps a silver lining into clean tech can you tell us a bit more about that that's a very good question uh, antoinette i was just reflecting only earlier this week that uh, prior to the pandemic uh, we had well this week 12 months ago we had david attenborough appearing at glastonbury uh, we had uh, Greta coming over from Scandinavia and then traveling on to New York in a sailing ship. Um, more recently, uh, again before the pandemic, we had the forest fires that you may remember in Australia and similar uh, bushfires in California. And we had people sticking themselves to tube trains in London. Uh, that's all just three or four months ago. Um, so it, it seems a while ago, but it's not that long ago. Then we had the uh, pandemic and the, the, the downturn as a as a result of that. Um, but just more recently, we've begun to hear from some of our political leaders who are uh, really sort of making sure that the climate agenda comes back to, um, to the forefront. So, for example, we had the French automotive industry requesting funding from the French president who said, yes, you can have the funding, uh, but only for electric vehicles from now on. And similarly, the recovery plan within the European Union is now called the Green Deal. So you can see the direction of travel there. And earlier this week, we had um, Rishi, um, our chancellor, 
uh, talking about energy uh, efficiency in, in homes and the um, program he's putting in place for that. And only a week prior to that, he was also talking about the new green industrial revolution um, in the UK. So I think the signs are that as we move forward and we start the recovery, that the climate change agenda uh, will be the top of everybody's minds. What we don't want either as communities, as academics, as political leaders, as business leaders, we don't want to see a situation in five years time where we're back to an international economic downturn caused by, for example, climate change leading to migration movement, leading to uh, civil strife, uh, leading, leading to a downturn in the economy. So it's right back up at the top of the agenda again, and I'm very hopeful for the future. And now in relation when we talk about climate change and environment and sustainability, I was wondering how does each one of you, the, the work you do and the companies you represent, how do you all see climate change and environment and sustainability playing a part in what you do every day? Vicky, I'll start with you first. In terms of where we are at now, we've actually developed a number of products which um, deal specifically with infection control, which obviously will be helpful in the fight against COVID-19. And, you know, and, and in terms of any other pandemics or anything that's um, you know, going to turn up, we're not over it yet. I just saw something pop up about um, an a &E hospital being um, closed down and, and, and things. So um, our focus on technology is, is these, we've got an ICU hotel, which we're developing, um, and that would provide, basically it's a clean room environment, but it, you know, it's, it's a hospital. So um, I think there's a, a figure of 2.7 billion cost to the NHS every year for, for C. diff and, and norovirus. So we're really looking at um, how we can, you know, limit these infection controls and how long people are staying in hospital. In terms of the environment, we are, as I say, every day sort of developing um, new products that, that not only provide, you know, commercial aspect, but also the environmental aspect. So, you know, that's important to us as a, as a, as a company. So, you know, it's, it's good to be able to provide something that's quicker time to use, but also um, meets a number of environmental targets. We work with government departments as well as, you know, being able to support private sector clients with their, you know, environmental issues as well. So during the pandemic, did you actually, were you able to do more work or did you have to stop for a bit and now you're start restarting again? No, again, it was it was one of those real turning points for us where we, um, in terms of the pandemic, have really been able to sort of answer to a lot of the, the problems. So we, we've been looking at building COVID-19 testing labs, vaccine manufacturing facilities. Um, so and we're now we're now looking to patent some of those technologies because we're able to offer flexipods, um, ATMP hubs. We're also doing UK BICS um, battery facility in Coventry um, and we're doing that through quite a unique model so we need to sort of protect our IP at this moment as well so you know a lot of these um, these these new new approaches have been as a result of COVID-19 but also you know as a result of our, our experience to date so. And you did mention um, your carbon footprint so how can you expand a bit more on how your work relates to issues of climate change, the environment and sustainability? Yeah, so I mean, in terms of um, what would, as, as I say, what we're doing in terms of um, building these, these uh, modules in our factory, um, it, it creates a win-win a solution in terms of, um, 
you know, the effects on the environment. Um, so there's less material usage. Um, the guys who are at the factory, you know, that, that would probably be the number of guys that would be on site as well. So there's less people traveling to site, you know, in the install, um, it obviously just takes a little bit less time. And what about you, Alex? How does your work relate to issues of climate change, environment and sustainability in general? How does that play in your company? So for, for, for Pale Air, we designed commercial toilets um, and ultra low flush commercial toilet. Um, so we reduce our water use from a typical uh, nine litres per flush down to one and a half litres through a patented technology that uses a combination of air and water. Um, if you look at the stats, um, and I was uh, rereading re them again before the interview, um, uh, they're stats that turn around and suggest that the UK is going to be water-starved area, about 50% water-starved by uh, 2025, um, that by 2040, um, uh, I saw some stats here that turn around and said about half of the world's population won't have adequate access to water um, sources so um, so for us when you look at that and you look at the stats that are, again in the UK 140 litres of water per person um, is used uh, water per person per day and out of that some 48% uh, I think is is for toilet use um, so we see um, the fact that we are flushing drinkable uh, water uh, straight down the toilet a very valuable uh, world resource is this something that needs to be addressed? So um, we think that our, our product really does start to attack some of the issues to do with water use. Certainly, again, there are stats that suggest that, uh, that water use has increased some uh, 600% since the 1960s and is predicted to rise again between 2020 and 2050 by about 55% globally. So, uh, so we're attacking that area of, of, of conserving what is a very, very valuable resource for the world. Um, by reducing the amount of water that we uh, put down the toilets, just down to one and a half litres. Um, at the same time, um, we actually reduce the carbon footprint of a, of a toilet flush because obviously there's carbon that's used to create clean water. So the less water that we use, the less carbon is actually used um, per flush. So we kind of hit it in, in, in those areas, reducing water, reducing carbon and uh, protecting a, a valuable resource for the world. As our strap line says, we believe we are saving the planet one flush at a time. That's actually that we don't really think about saving the planet and toilets. It's something that you know perhaps we should think more about. You know, where flush the toilet every day and you just don't really think about it. And what about you, Julie? We don't want to have conversations about toilets, but it seems like you know we are talking about toilets. <laughs> so yeah. what about yourself, you know, producing <laughs> wives and loo rolls? Yes, exactly. Our uh, product is related to toilet as well because uh, one of our main products is toilet paper. <laughs> um, um, it's quite a big issue because 27,000 trees are cut down to make normal toilet paper every day. Um, so uh, the Chiki Panda use an alternative resource, which is bamboo. Um, bamboo is not, it's not like trees, it's a grass. So if you, know, you cut it, it grows back. Um, the harvesting process is very good for the environment. It absorbs four times more um, CO2 and produces 30 times more oxygen than uh, an equivalent than of trees. So with this process, um, the, the harvesting process of bamboo and the, pro the use of bamboo to make tissue paper 
it's a it's a, a more eco-friendly than regular trees because uh, there's a huge issue with deforestation nowadays and with our increase in in sales during this pandemic we actually make some uh, do more donation to charity partners we kind of align our business goal with with uh, UN's 17 sustainable uh, goals so um, when the company become bigger then we have the power to make more impact so every goal we want to partnership with one a charity and the revenue that we make the profit the profit made we make part of it can go to support for example no poverty uh, zero hunger uh, good health and well-being so we want to support these 17 goals um, and using our power using our um, our message our resource this is the um, what we want to achieve with the cheeky panda martin in relation to the future of Cambridge Clean Tech, how many companies do you have at the moment? Uh, we have about 300 companies plus in the um, Cambridge region, which are members. And we have something similar in Oxford because we set up Oxfordshire Green Tech as well. Um, we run that with uh, partner organisations in the Oxford uh, region. But our databases are much bigger than that. We probably have a database of about five or 6,000 companies between Oxford and Cambridge. And we also do some work in London. We're effectively beginning to create a, an almost a green triangle, if you will, between London, Oxford and Cambridge and back to London. And we think that's a good uh, opportunity for the, for the future, a sort of a, a super cluster. And what we're really trying to do uh, is provide uh, business support for our members to climb out of the uh, impact and, and move on from the pandemic. Because uh, whilst the government's um, interventions have been helpful, uh, they're not going to be around forever. And the furlough scheme, for example, is winding down by... Um, October. So we've really focused on two things, contract opportunities and access to finance. So in fact, just before the pandemic, we had our Cleantech Venture Day um, in central London, um, at the offices of KPMG. We had over 20 uh, companies pitch uh, from an application of over 100 um, companies wanting to pitch. Judges picked out the 20 most um, investment ready companies. They pitched on the day, a room full of investors. And as a result of that, some of those we've got funding to grow uh, in the future. That's one way. Uh, just earlier this week, uh, we held another event which is related to our second priority, which is contract opportunities for um, uh, companies in the, in, in the cluster. Um, and we held that in conjunction with the Department for International Trade. Um, we had about 40 innovators from the uh, Cambridge region listen in to the innovation shopping list, I'll call it, from four corporates, three from Germany um, in the um, sort of uh, production uh, arena in manufacturing um, and one from the Netherlands, which was actually the Rotterdam, the Hague International Airport. They were looking for renewable technologies and smart building solutions. So we hope as a result of that, uh, that type of initiative, uh, some of those companies, some of the innovators will end up with contracts with the corporates. And I'll just finish with one last example, Cambridge Display Technology, uh, which are one of our associate founder members, uh, they were a from the Cavendish uh, Labs at the University of Cambridge in the late uh, 1990s. They eventually got bought by Sumitomo Chemical of Japan, a very large corporate from Japan. And they've just, um, well, they've now become effectively the R&D research arm for Sumitomo Chemical. 
And um, they've put in place an innovation shopping list, a challenge or a call out to our innovators, and they're looking for solutions uh, in those areas I mentioned in relation to storage technology. Oh, wonderful. Gives a, it gives a good picture. Indeed. And as a last question, and uh, it might be something that you're not expecting, but that's, um, maybe that's the, the nice thing about the last question. If you had a magic wand or something to look into the future, what would you like to see in, in the world happening? That's a great question to, to finish off on, Antoinette. Um, I would be um, delighted and over the moon if somebody could come up with a solution for energy storage. We have so much uh, distributed energy or renewable energy being produced at the moment. It can't all feed into the grid because the grid isn't smart enough. And we're having the uh, resultant microgrids being created, uh, which might be helpful in the locality, but it's probably not helpful in terms of balancing the, the grid across the country. If we only had some uh, reliable, low-cost solution for storing the, all of this energy being produced, um, that would be a real solution to drive forward the uh, sustainability agenda. Wonderful. And now, Vicky, what about what about you? What what would you like to see? Um, yeah, I think from, from our perspective, it's it's that people could learn about what what Merit are doing, and and that we can offer, um, you know, a, a, an environmentally impressive building that's you know great performance uh, long term, um, and and that's something that we're, we're finding that people don't really know about us. So from our perspective, it would benefit everybody. You know, we, we can achieve the construction sector deal, but we're often up against uh, government and public sector. They're not open to these um, advanced modern methods of construction. So, you know, it's, it's something that we're, we're, we're plowing on with, but it, that would be our magic wand moment, is that more people knew about what we had to offer. Excellent, and you, Julie? Yeah, um, I would like to see less trees being cut down, less forests being burned, less pollution in the ocean. Um, this is the, is the goal of our, our company, and it's what I would like to see. Brilliant. And Alex, last but not least. Thank you. Um, no, I think, um, you know, over the, uh, the, the pandemic, the last three months, I think people have been able to take stock at just uh, the... Uh, um, how the environment has been impacted by by the pandemic uh, in the sense that you know uh, we've actually seen cleaner rivers cleaner water um, we've seen uh, the, the, the impact that the reduction in transport and energy use has had has been fantastic um, and so I think it's, it's a good chance for people to reflect and understand what they can do to actually um, impact on the environment and then you know relating to all of our companies and certainly you know in the case of Propolair, to actually see that there is technology out there that people can invest in. They can invest in our toilets, put our toilets in. And actually, a lot of these uh, technologies now, for example, is certainly mature enough where you get a good payback. So there is actually a business and an investment case. And here we are now already talking about how do we revitalize the economy um, and how do we actually get over the fact of this, this three months where you know, really there's going to be a downturn now is we can actually revitalize the economy by investing in, uh, in a, a, a green, um, green products, um, putting proper air toilets in um, and, and using, you know, the, the products that we've been talking about today um, to, to, to boost the economy and gain the benefits of the environmental benefits that we're all looking for. So I, I really do hope that uh, after the last three months, that's something that we can all uh, work towards achieving together.
Indeed. Well, thank you very much to you all. It has been wonderful to have you on in a very different type of radio interview. Thank you, Antoinette.